The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. Basketball Society. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Atlantic Files, the number one podcast for the number one division in the NBA, brought to you by BasketballSocietyOnline.com and the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. As always, you are joined by myself, Alex Fishbein, your host. And this week, it's been a little bit of a slow news cycle for the NBA. Um not just the Atlantic Division. So we already talked about last week, uh, we talked about, um, you know, uh, Tyron Lue. We talked about Daryl Morey stepping down. Uh, we touched on some draft topics real quick. Um, and we really, you know, kind of rounded up the news of what happened then. Um, there really hasn't been many other coach signings or coach happening since then um i think that the only two two coaches to get signed since then were um van gundy was signed to new orleans to be their head coach and then i'm not gonna lie i don't know how to pronounce his last name but nate coach nate um from the ranks of the pacers was hired as their head coach so um, congrats to both of those guys on landing a new head coaching position. Nate obviously being a brand new head coach um, in, instead of Van Gundy, who has been to a couple teams in his career so far. So I guess to start it off, I kind of want to see out of all these coaches, like I've said, we've had a lot of coaches um, hired already now. So we have Doc Rivers going to Philly. We have Lou going to the Clippers. We have Nash going to Brooklyn. We have um, Nate going to uh, the Pacers. We have, um, I just said it, Van Gundy going to the Pelicans. So we have a lot of new coaches right now. Um, they're obviously going over who's going to be their assistants, who they're going to bring with them, who's probably going to stay at those teams as assistants. So they have a lot of things to think about and things to, um, sort out. So what I wanted to kind of talk about real quick is who I think is going to make the biggest impact on their team, because I think that some of these guys can make a bigger impact than others, but still not win a championship. Guys such as um, Van Gundy uh, and, I mean, even Rivers, uh, even though their main goal right now is obviously like they're in that window for Embiid and Simmons to win a championship. Um, oh, actually, one coach I forgot, uh, Thibs over in... Um, New York he is coaching for the Knicks now so if I had to rank these hires in uh how I think they are going to turn out you know impacting quality wise I probably would put let's see hmm I would probably put
I want to say either Lou. No, I don't like Lou at number one because so I don't think Tyrone Lou is the number one best coaching hire out here. Yes, I mean from what he showed in Cleveland, he is decent. Um, he didn't show that he's really good at taking like a young team and building them up to be a contender because obviously once LeBron left, um, Lou was out of there. But you know, I think that he will be good for the Clippers. However. I think there are still other things to fix there rather than just hiring Lou. At the same with Rivers. Um, I, I don't think that Rivers is is the number one best coaching hire out of this crop of coaches as well. Um, I would probably put Van Gundy. He has his moments and he was able to coach you know a couple teams to playoff relevancy but for the most part i don't really see him taking the pelicans to a championship level and still being there with them if or when they finally do compete for a championship so i think in terms of impact and in terms of creating a culture and in terms of starting something that could carry over into the next coach or or just carry over into their next um, um, era of the, the team or whatever. I think that I would probably put... I think I would probably put, honestly, Tibbs at first. Because when we look at the Knicks... We see them. We see that they have tried a lot of different coaches. They've tried a lot of GMs. Um, we all know that the main issue there is the owner, Dolan, and they haven't been able to really hit in the draft lottery to get the guy that they exactly wanted. They've always been getting, you know, like their third choice of guys that they really need. They haven't been able to get that star point guard that you know they thought they were getting in Nidalekina. Um, or even when they traded for Dennis Smith. I mean, they haven't, they have yet to hit on that point guard. And even now, they're not in the top three or four, so they're probably still not going to get the, you know, like LaMelo ball unless they end up trading. But I think Tibbs is a guy that at least can establish some sort of, um, culture for the Knicks, some sort of, you know, starting point for a lot of their young guys to really, you know, be full force, working hard every day. And I think Tibbs, I feel like he should have learned his lesson about playing guys way too hard. I mean, Jimmy Butler was probably the only guy that really uh, survived out of that, while the other guys that were all, you know, on his teams in those Bulls days and everything kind of flamed out because their legs couldn't hold up. Um, oh, actually, I completely forgot. Chicago hired Billy Donovan. I actually want to put that as my number one coaching hire. I think he will be good for the young guys in Chicago. I think Billy Donovan is a quality coach. Yes, I know he didn't exactly work out um, in Oklahoma City, but uh, you know, I, I think that it, it, ultimately he's going to bring to the Bulls something that they've needed in a while. Um, some sort of, you know, consistency, a coach that the players can all respect. 
and someone that will definitely be able to keep a lot of guys accountable and be able to, you know, he's he has been able to manage um, superstar egos all the way down to rookies. So I think that actually he is the number one coaching hire in terms of impact and everything. Then I would probably put Tibbs. Um, and then after that, I would probably put Doc Rivers. But like I said, Doc Rivers, I think, is is a big-time hire for Philly, but uh, there's still a lot that has to go on. They have had some front office movement lately. That was actually one of the other stories going around. Uh, they have added two guys into their front office, and they finally have some sort of movement in there when most Sixers fans, a lot of Sixers podcasts, a lot of NBA podcasts have been saying the thing that needs to happen in Philly is a front office change and then a roster change. So we have the front office change now. You have your coach in place. The next thing to do is work on this god-awful roster compilation of power forwards and centers that you have and other guys that can't really shoot. So now they're working on that. And I think that Doc Rivers is ultimately going to be a very, very good hire that works out very well for them. And like I said on a previous podcast, I think that Doc Rivers is the best coach that the Sixers have had since Larry Brown. If you think back, I mean, Larry Brown was early 2000s with Allen Iverson. That's a long time to go with not that great of a coach. And it's not a dig at Brett Brown because I think that Brown is great for rebuilding teams and great for, um, you know, establishing uh, connections with the players and and specifically young players. So I think that, you know, a rebuilding team will probably pick up Brett Brown and, and give him a shot at some point. But Larry Brown was a guy that got the team to a championship with Allen Iverson. I mean, again, the championship appearances as well as championship wins for the Sixers are very few and far between. So bringing in a guy that has won already and has coached multiple, you know, teams with with multiple uh superstars i i think that doc rivers will end up being one of their most impactful coaches after rivers i'm gonna put lou because i think lou i mean he already knows like the the team and the camaraderie with the clippers he already knows a lot of the guys from being the assistant and everything he uh is bringing in chauncey billups which i think is a very smart idea uh, because, I mean, he's going to be another guy that players can relate to and another guy that uh, really thinks about the game at a very at a very high level above everybody else. So I think that that was a good decision there, and I think Lou will be good for them. Um, I just don't think he exactly is going to be all that much better than Rivers was. I just think this is a player's issue that the players gotta the players got to step up. Um, and especially, I mean, Paul George, who you're paying a lot of money for and you traded a lot for, you should probably get more out of him or at least trade him so that Kawhi Leonard is the undoubtedly number one guy on your team. Um, and then after that, I would probably put Van Gundy. I think he's going to be decent for New Orleans, but... Ultimately, I don't think he's going to really last that many years. Um, and if he does, I don't think they're going to really get 
much farther than like first, second round unless something drastic happens with the roster. Especially because right now, I mean, they're looking at trading Drew Holiday. There's a lot of rumors swirling around where he's going to land. So uh, it depends on like what exactly they get out of that trade. If Drew Holiday is going to go to, you know, or, or I'm sorry, if they're going to get like uh, a bunch of picks out of that kind of trade, if they're going to get somebody, another kind of veteran, or maybe even a younger guy that can start contributing right away, whatever it may be. Um, if you're going to trade with someone, oh, excuse me. If you're going to trade with someone like the Brooklyn Nets, I mean, you have to kind of feel out what kind of draft picks they already they even have right now um and you also have to kind of see i mean now that kd and Kyrie are both healthy you have steve nash in there oh i'm actually forgetting steve nash i want to put steve nash above rivers actually um but so you have those two guys there there if you get a first round pick it's probably not going to be all that high so you have to figure out exactly what you're going to get out of that. And I'm just saying the Brooklyn Nets because that's one of the people rumored to be trading for um, Drew Holiday, as per Scoop B. So, so, yeah, so my list right now is Billy Donovan, Tibbs, Steve Nash, then Rivers, Lou, Van Gundy, and then I'm going to say Nate for the Pacers because... We don't really know what he's all about. We don't really know what his uh, head coaching philosophy is going to be. And I felt like with the Pacers, with where they're at, they're at this point where they kind of want to compete, but Oladipo doesn't really want to be there. So, like, they're in this kind of limbo area of just mediocrity that a lot of people have talked about. And, you know, the whole Sam Hankey process was supposed to avoid that and everything like that. So, I mean, I think he'll probably keep them afloat. Um, could he turn out to be like a Nick Nurse that that rose up through the ranks of the team? He could. Uh, is that likely? Probably not. Um, so, yeah, I'm just going to put that at the bottom of the list because I don't think that that is exactly the best one that has happened. And I don't think it's definitely not the sexiest one. So. I'm going to have to put that at the bottom of the list. But anyway, that's it. That's uh, my coaching hiring rankings. So uh, after that, I wanted to get into a little bit of free agency because um, now that the season is finally over and everything, this season that took ages, um, we're looking at the offseason now. We have to look at some big name free agents. We have to look at the trades that are going to happen there's a lot of stuff that is about to go down and it could, I mean, obviously every time in the off season, it could change the landscape of the NBA. So I'm just going to look down this list. Uh, I just grabbed a list of like top free agents in the NBA. Um, personally, I don't really care about the order because I don't agree with it necessarily. So number one, Anthony Davis. I mean, that that's one everyone's going to agree with, but uh, they all see him. I think it was he's opting out of the player contract so he can then re-sign a longer contract with the Lakers. It's probably going to happen, especially as long as LeBron's there. Then the second is Brandon Ingram. Again, he's probably going to sign a longer contract with New Orleans. He had a great season last year, um, stepped up a lot of different uh, categories, um, stat categories, 
and I think he's going to be a mainstay in New Orleans with with Zion. I think those two together are are very good at balancing each other out, and they just need Lonzo Ball to play up to the expectations that Lonzo Ball previously had. Um, so I think you know they're good. Um, Ingram's good there. So now the next one on the list is where you get a little hesitation because you don't exactly know where he's gonna land, and that's Fred Van Vliet. He's been a big-time contributor with the Raptors, especially this year. He has definitely played his way into earning a big contract. He should definitely get a good amount of money. He's never been the number one option on a team, though. Even this year in the with the Raptors, he was part of like their big three of Lowry, him, and Siakam, but he wasn't the go-to guy he wasn't the number one guy if he was hot that night yes they're gonna go to him but that was only when he you know was on fire that day so I think that anyone who really decides to go for uh, uh Van Vliet is taking a little bit of a risk because he's also undersized he hasn't exactly shown that he's that he'll consistently show up in the playoffs yet and you haven't seen him be a number one player. And with the kind of money that he's probably going to command, he should be either a number one and at the very least a number two player. Now, teams that are looking at him are teams like the Knicks. The Raptors are still thinking about it because they're kind of feeling out what uh, kind of money it's going to be because they owe Lowry a bit of money next year as well. Um... And other teams looking at Van Vliet would probably be... So, like, if New Orleans traded away Drew Holiday, I feel like they might have some money to throw at Van Vliet, which probably wouldn't be a bad idea, especially, like, because then you don't exactly need him as your number one guy. Um, you probably will have teams like Chicago looking at him. You'll probably, well, I don't know, maybe not Chicago because of Kobe White and Levine and guys being there. They might want to just develop them instead. But um, I'm trying to think of some other teams that might need him. I mean, Memphis won't because they still have John Morant. And it also depends what kind of position these teams want Van Vliet to play. He's played the one, he's played the two. His natural position is the one. But a lot of people have been saying, like, oh, I see him more of a two. He hasn't been, you know, that floor general type of player all that often. But that's just because they that's what that's not what the Raptors needed him to do. When Lowry was off the floor, he he ran that role. But most of the time, that was Lowry's role for the Raptors, and he played that role very well. So he didn't exactly need to do that. Um, so... Uh, I, you can't really say like, oh, he is a two, not really a one, because he did play more one than he did two. So, honestly, if I was Boston and I was looking more at like longevity of the team and matching uh, the ages of Tatum and uh, Jalen Brown, you might look at a little, like try to swap out Kemba and get Van Vliet. Um, just because he's a little younger, he probably would match the more of the career arc of those two, and you probably have them for a longer period of time. I just don't know how the money would would add up there, but um, 
I just think that's an interesting scenario. So, ultimately, I think Van Vliet either lands on the Knicks or the Raptors. Especially if the Knicks don't get their guy in the draft, I think that they go heavy for Van Vliet. And I hope Van Vliet works out in, in New York if he does end up going there because I just like Van Vliet as a player. I like his game. I like his style. But it just feels like it's almost like a curse or notorious that once you go to the Knicks, you kind of fall out of relevancy. <laughs> I mean, as sad as it is to say, but. Um, so after that's Gordon Hayward. Hayward has a player option. I feel like the Celtics don't want him to pick up that player option. He hasn't really lived up to his money, especially after the injury. He wasn't really the same player. Um, he was on the cusp of being a superstar when the Celtics first got him. Then the injury happened, and he's been pretty much a role player. Um, High-end role player, but a role player. And so... I mean, if I'm the Celtics, I really hope he doesn't pick up the player option. If he does, I definitely explore trade options for him. I think that ultimately Gordon Hayward will pick up the option because I feel like he will look out in the, you know, the sea of free agency and realize he's not going to get the same amount of money he will if he picks up that player option. So, yeah, I think he's just going to pick that up and then we'll see what happens from there. DeRozan, there were rumors that he doesn't like San Antonio and he doesn't want to be there. He came out and said, like, I don't know when I ever said that, so I don't know where these rumors are coming from, which, yeah, I mean, people can make stuff up. I mean, it happens. But he, I think he is a player option as well, if I'm not mistaken, or he's a restricted free agent, one of the two. Um, the thing is, if he stays in San Antonio, I don't think San Antonio really is going to find people to trade with them. Maybe the Lakers, if they strike out on some of the other people they're looking at. Um, but with the style of play of DeRozan, the contract of DeRozan, the fact that he's getting older, I think he's in his 30s now. I might be wrong on that. Um not a lot of the younger teams are going to want him, like not like a Celtics or or any of them, not like a Nuggets either, uh, just because he's going to outgrow the rest of the team quicker and you're going to be paying all that money for that. Um, ultimately, I think he stays, I think he's either stays on San Antonio or if he does get traded, I think it's to the Lakers. That's just a personal opinion. Jeremy Grant, I think, is going to be in high demand. Jeremy Grant has shown that he can play his role very, very well. And most teams want a guy like Jeremy Grant. So I think that I think that a lot of teams are going to go for him hard. I think that Denver is still going to try and re-sign him too because I think he still was a, a good contributor there also. Um but he's a guy I could see like the Lakers throwing money at, the Clippers throwing money at. Um, if the Sixers could unload some people, I could see them throwing money at him. The 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 Celtics as well. Uh, a lot of those top end teams that are looking to get like those added little pieces to push them to a championship are all going to be looking at Jeremy Grant. If you ask me, 
which means, I mean, his price tag could get higher and higher if that's the case. So um, I think he definitely played his part into that, and he definitely uh, deserves it. And another guy that's, I don't, I don't want to say similar play style, but similar impact level of still being, you know, not a number one, number two guy, but a good person at his role is Gallinari. Um, a lot of people are saying, you know, Denver's going to push for him. Um, other people were saying if Paul, if the Clippers could deal Paul George, they should look at Gallinari as well. Um, if the Celtics do get rid of Hayward, that would be a good guy to replace Hayward with. And you still have other teams like, um, Denver, um, you have guys, uh, teams like Memphis could probably use him. I know he's not, you know, the same career arc as some of those other guys in Memphis, but that he could definitely do very well there with the guys that they have. Um, and I just don't think, I think that if a rebuilding team signs him just to, you know, get a guy that, you know, brings some excitement, I just don't think that's going to work out well. And I would hope Gallinari at this point of his career would go for those teams that give him a better chance to compete. Um, but that's just me. So the next, the next one is uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich. He's a quality player. He's been a little streaky. I think the Kings should definitely resign him. I think that you know keeping him with De'Aaron Fox, with Bagley, and all of them, um, it, it only makes sense. And I think that unless you have to pay him like thirty million, which I don't think it should be that much. Um, I think that they should end up re-signing him. And then you start getting down to role players that play their role very well, even more so, like even more just like uh, granular roles. You get to the guys like Joe Harris, Fournier, uh, Montrez Harrell, Goran Dragic, Bertans. All of these guys, I think, are going to be popular people in free agency if they don't go back to their team that they're already on. Like I could see Harrell, um, the Clippers, retaining Harold Fournier I could see kind of testing the waters because he's a little bit past some of the the main guys on Orlando in terms of age and I could see that you know Orlando's just ready to really bring in more youth more and more youth into there to try and um lift lift that team up but as in terms of like championship teams or playoff teams that might want Fournier I don't really know especially in terms of like what his price tag would be Maybe a team like the Sixers that needs more guys that can score. Um, he might do well there, but uh, there was a lot of times during the season that he kind of disappeared. Um, not saying that it was a, a thing all season long, but he still had times there that it was kind of ugly. So I don't really know about Fournier. I think Fournier is going to be one to watch for, and I think he's going to be one of like the – more of like the middle of the pack to, to last guys signed after everyone figures out if they get their guy or they don't get their guy. Um, but Joe Harris, I see him getting signed, you know, one of the first people because if Brooklyn doesn't re-sign him, somebody's going to want him. He's one of the top shooters in the league, and uh, shooters are obviously in high demand. Like, the Sixers will definitely keep their eye on him. Um, anybody that needs a shooter is going to keep their eye on him. So... I think that he's going to get signed pretty quickly. 
Dragic is a guy, I think that the Heat would re-sign him, especially because he wasn't exactly able to give it his best in the finals since he got hurt and everything like that. So I think that they would probably re-sign him maybe a little less money, uh, maybe take a little you know discount to stay there. Uh, but I, I, ultimately, I kind of see him re-signing with the Heat, especially with where he's at in his career. Uh, Bertans is another guy, just like Joe Harris, that I think will demand a lot of attention in free agency. If the Wizards don't re-sign him, like, uh, everyone will be all over him. Um, he's a guy that uh, can shoot lights out. He is, a, uh, not just that, but he's not a guard that needs to do it. He's a, he's more of a power forward. And just bottom line, any team is going to love having Bertans on their team. Um, I'm not sure exactly where he's going to land because, like I said, he's going to demand a lot of attention. But, you know, there's a lot of teams that could use his services. And I don't really need to tell you which teams those are because everyone knows the teams that need shooters. Um, and then after that gets to either aging players or players that have started falling out of like their previous skill levels. You get to the guys like Marcus Morris, Abaka, Otto Porter, Christian Wood. Um, well, I shouldn't say Christian Wood fits that mold because Christian Wood is the younger guy that has worked his way up and has actually played pretty well for Detroit. Um, Otto Porter kind of fell down a little bit. But but I could see some teams still wanting Otto Porter because of like the things he showed when he was still in Washington. I mean, he showed that he can be a 3 and D type of guy that gives you a little more uh, at any given night. So I could see him being one that teams look at, you know, lower on their list. Um, Ibaka actually had some of the highest, you know, point and rebound totals that he's had in a while this season he's played his role perfectly for Toronto and I think Toronto re-signs him because he's fit uh, their strategy um and if he doesn't command too much money from the rest of the free agency market then I think Toronto signs him right away um and then Andre Drummond is a little his case is a little curious so Everyone had him as a superstar at one point. Then he kind of started falling off because he wasn't, he can't shoot very well. Um, he started flashing a little bit of range, but it wasn't good enough to really be out there all that often. His defense was improving a tiny bit. He's always been a good rebounder. And at this point, I feel like Drummond probably becomes somebody like a Whiteside or a Dwight Howard. You know, playing those backup minutes, but playing them very well in the little spurts that he gets. So I don't think he's going to get that much money, but I think he's still going to be able to play his role well. And then you get to the Jay Crowders, the Tim Hardaways, the Favors, Millsap, Clarkson. Um, Crowder showed he can contribute. Hardaway, I think, is one of those guys that is just a good player for bad teams. I just don't think that Hardaway will give you exactly what you need as a championship team because he's a guy that really gets himself going when he has the ball in his hands more often. Um, while he is a shooter, he's not as much of a catching shooter. And KCP, I mean, he showed to be relevant and 
did contribute with the Lakers. I feel like the Lakers are going to re-sign him. Uh, Favors, not bad. I don't know if a champ, like maybe a backup center on a championship team, but at the same time, I just don't really see that happening all that often because I don't think that he can consistently give you that that high level of play. Um, and then Millsap, uh, he was okay for Denver. Again, I think that Millsap is kind of on his, well, definitely on his decline, but getting towards the end of the decline and he'll, he'll be efficient for you. But the, the question is, is that efficiency good enough for you? I think it comes down to that. And then you get to guys like Rondo, Sharich, Whiteside, Marcus All, Tristan Thompson, Demarcus Cousins. So now you get to guys who either are young and could still give you some upside, or some of the older guys that are still contributing a little bit that could be uh like your you know uh, your end of the rotation guys, and then be your playoff guys come playoff time, like Rondo or Marcus All. Um, and then you have Demarcus Cousins, who has been who has had like two or three major injuries. Um, in the last two, three years, and you just don't know if his body is going to hold up. If he, if he can stay healthy, DeMarcus Cousins can be a big-time game-changing player for you. I don't think he's going to be the same player he once was, but with the skills he still has, he can definitely be a game-changing type of player that either can come off your bench or maybe even give you starting minutes, depending on how his health is. So I think he's a wait-and-see type of guy, but at the end of the day, it's a mystery. So, But we will get into some free agent stuff uh, more in-depth once that all starts happening. Even um, we'll, we'll, next week, we'll get into draft stuff too because I know the draft will be coming sooner. And um, we have to really talk about some some draft prospects and how the maybe a mock draft or two and how the draft is going to go because i mean we only went over the top guys draft is coming soon this draft has been looked at as eh so we'll see what it's like but thank you guys for listening i will catch you guys next week make sure you check out basketballsocietyonline.com and the underdog sports podcast network thank you guys for listening and i'll catch you guys next week peace